Good morning, Singaplan. My name is Michael Gralia. Today is Saturday, February 24th. It is 5 a.m. where I am. I'll tell you why it's 5 a.m. in a second. And this is episode 134 of Singap 10, your 10 minute weekly brief on everything you should about Singap 1. It's been more than a week. This is going to be more than 10 minutes. But hey, it used to be a 10 minute weekly brief. Buckle up, because I've been very busy for the past 11 days since I did this. And uh, I just haven't had a chance to sit, I haven't been home to sit in front of my microphone and record this, but there's been a lot going on. Uh, we just took the boys away for a week. It was just parents and kids for a week on, on vacation. It was exhausting. Um, and in this past week, the CZI application was due. Every few years, the rare disease community applies for CZI grants. Um, this is the third time we were trying to get this grant. So while I was in a hotel, hanging out with my kids all day and running around, I would then crawl down to the lobby at night and hammer this out. Um, building on the work of a team that included many, many people, um, Robert, Emily, and, and Catherine, most of all, we've just been cranking on this. And so that got submitted, thank goodness, but that, that completely consumed my attention. And um, we finished up yesterday, uh, we submitted up whenever we submitted and drove back down. So we've been, we've been, we've been going full tilt here. And it's the reason it's 4.46 in the morning right now where I'm recording one like, why, Mike, why did you get out of bed? Well, I, I, I woke up at 4 and I was like, oh, I should, I should get out of bed because it's, it's 7 on the East Coast. And what I'm going to do today is I'm going to fly to Washington, D.C. and um, have a board. We're having a, the first in-person SRF board retreat. So we're going to have a dinner together tonight and then we're having an all-day board meeting um, tomorrow in D.C. Thank you very much to Kirkland and Alice for, for hosting us in your offices. And then uh, the plant, a lot of us are going to stay in D.C. for Rare Disease Week, which I've talked about before. So that's really exciting. I, unfortunately, will then tomorrow night fly back across the country to come home because Ashley has a, uh, her own board meeting she's got to go to on Monday and Tuesday. And we can't both be gone. We cannot both be gone. And, and, and every single parent gets it, right? You just, you just cannot both not be home. Like, what if, what if a caregiver doesn't show up? There's, like, this many people who can take care of our kids. And if, if one of us isn't, like, able to run back, you have a crisis. You have a serious problem. So, unfortunately, I won't get to do Rare Disease Week uh, this year. I need to add Rare Disease Week, the, the, the YouTube, to the um, RDW video that I did last year. It's, it's a really important event. I'm really glad a number of our board members are going. And I'm excited um, that SRF will be there in such force this year. I'm heartbroken that I won't be there. Anyway, that's what's going on. It's, it's 5 in the morning. I wrote these notes, as I told you, in episode 133 um, a, a while ago. So I got my notes to get through. And then Ed, Ed, who is their head of marketing and comms, sent me a long list of things I'm supposed to talk about, too. Thank you, Ed. I'm so grateful for that. Um, let's, let's, let's jump in. First of all, back in episode 132, I asked you to please fill in the Rochester survey. I said Rochester's doing the survey about what parents care about. It's super important. Um, and that will probably inform some clinical trial design. And we need to get to the maximum number of spots, which is 200 people completing the survey. Guess where we're at? 200. You did it. Thank you. Thank you. This community showing up again and again is how industry and researchers gain the confidence that it's worth it to work on Syngap 1. You have to remember there are so many, there is an ever increasing number of rare diseases. And we need to make sure that when people are making the list of diseases they work on, because not just one anymore, right? People work on channelopathies or ciliopathies or autism related genes or postsynaptic or pre whatever. They work on groups of genes. And we need to make sure that when they write that list of a group that Syngap is top of mind, and one of the reasons that Syngap will be top of mind is because we show up to fill things in every time, no matter how tired we are, right? 
That's why I'm doing a podcast at 5 a.m. I got to go to the airport soon. Um, at Burrito is the next thing I'm going to ask you to fill out. So as we announced in the previous podcast episode, I don't even know what you want anymore. Um, we have partnered with Aparito. Aparito is a very cool company in the UK, based in the UK. They work in both places, and and they work on digital di- digital biomarkers and endpoints, right? And digital biomarkers would be things like wearables, like an Apple Watch or a headband you would wear at night, or maybe a sensor in the room to monitor sleep, whatever. Something we can use as an endpoint in a study, right? I've been talking forever about how, how we don't have endpoints and we need endpoints. And that's true of a lot of many, many diseases, frankly. And Aparito has really just figured it out and they've set up a program and accepted SRF into that program. So we're excited to work with them. But as usual, they need to understand, they need to hear from you, the parents, right? If you're, if you're sitting at home being like, Mike, I want to be involved, but how do I contribute? You fill in the survey. You sit down, you, you have a tea, a wine, whatever it is you need to just sit and think for 15 minutes and, and tell Aparito what's on your mind and on your heart. And that will really help us. Please fill in that survey. It's the first link in the show notes, unless I remember to put the rare disease video in, and then it'll be the second link in the show notes, but whatever. And then I also talked in a previous episode about repurposing, right? And I mentioned that what if we do find a drug where seizures go away and what would happen? What would happen if you spent your whole life, zero to five, zero to 10, zero to whatever, with this storm in your brain of seizures and suddenly it stopped? Suddenly you saw the sunlight for the first time, right? Metaphorically speaking. You'd squint. You'd be like, what the hell is this really bright? And I said, we, we, we got to think about, we got to be ready for how these kids change. And we all hate the seizures, but when the seizures go away, what comes next? Are we sure that we're going to... Um, we're ready for it, right? Is it all going to get better? Air quotes. And a friend of mine who's, who's in industry sent me a message and said, I wanted to tell you about the worsening behavior with treatments because they just watched that episode. A friend of mine has a son with X syndrome, not fragile X, I'm just leaving the syndrome out. And many, many years ago, they started him on a drug that reduced the seizures quite a bit. And my friend used to say, with this new treatment, cleaning his brain from all the EEG interferences, right? Which is an articulate way of what I just said, the storm in your head. We are starting to see more of his personality. <laughs> We've realized we don't like him. And this is my, still my friend writing, very harsh, but real to say. And um, I don't think I would ever say I don't like my kid. Well, actually, I, I have said that before. But what happens when we start to treat this disease? What happens when we put a drug in our kids that finally stops the seizures or makes the syngap go up. And their brain, that hasn't been developing appropriately for as long as they've been alive, suddenly starts playing catch-up. That's a really important question, and it's one we're going to face. And I just want to... And it's also important because see previous conversation about digital biomarkers, right? This This is an important point. Companies are working on... Antisense oligos, oh, we need to talk about that too. Antisense oligos and AVs, which are drugs we're going to put in our kids soon. And I, sponta- I gave a spontaneous speech at this conference this year. Uh, spontaneous because the slide was, I was using was terrible because I just put it on a whiteboard. But this video is, SRF is circulating this video right now. And basically it was the morning after, right? I'm going to put this in here. Um, morning video. And 
we, were, we, we had the science day on Thursday and then we had the family day on Friday. And what we did on Friday morning is we said, hey, anybody who's got a headache after science day and doesn't know what the heck just happened, come, parents only, let's talk shop. And we had a couple scientists on stage, which, which we're not going to do next year. We have more parents. We have Pavel, who basically is a scientist, and, and a couple of scientists. And people started asking questions. And scientists did what scientists do. They gave very accurate, nuanced answers. It was, it was right over people's head. The whole reason we were there is because stuff had already gone over their heads. And I said, guys, I'm sorry. I got I to intervene. So I stood up and I said, look, it, it works like this. I talked about the three different things. So watch that video because it's important. I'm not going to repeat it here. But the, but, but the point, one of the points I made in that video is the first thing we're going to put on our kids is regular drugs, small molecules, right, as they're called. Don't worry about what large molecules are. It's something else. But we refer to the drugs, those little white and yellow and pink and whatever tablets that we take or give our kids. These are all small molecules, basically. And um, we're going to be putting small molecules on our kids, and I'll talk about them in a second, but the reason it's so important is because we, if these molecules work, and we believe that some of them will, we are going to start to see what a syngapium looks like when they're treated. Small molecules. Soon. And that's going to help us design the trials for the antisense oligos and the gene therapies. Probably delivered with a viral vector. See the video. They're coming soon, and people are spending millions of dollars designing and here's the important point. By paying attention to how the repurposed, by how the children respond on the repurposed drugs, which are cheap and easy and we can do soon, we're going to be able to better design the trials for the AAVs, the ASOs and the AAVs. And by better designing the trials, we can test the drug and not the trial design, right? We need to test the drug and not the trial design. What do I mean by that? If you design the trial poorly, right? If you design the trial, I'm gonna measure sleep, but actually the drug only affects gait. They talk better and they run better, but their sleep is still screwed up. That drug's gonna fail because you measured the wrong thing. So not only do we need a drug that cures the disease, treats, cures the disease, but we also need to design the trial in such a way that we, we anticipate and we capture what changed. That's why we're doing Operito. And that's one of the many reasons that repurposing is a great thing, is it could give us real human data on what to measure. It's one of many reasons why repurposing is a big deal. And I just want to go over the list, right, of, of drugs that we're watching right now, right? There's Revicti with Dr. Grinspan. I've got, we've got nine or 10 kids on that. I, I need an update on it where we are there. But Revicti, there is a trial being run by Wheel Cornell Medical, Dr. Grinspan, video in the show notes from our conference. Butyrate, if you watch the Mike Kavanaugh video from the SLC 6A1 conference, I mean, he really buries the lead on this one, right? If you go to the end of that, he says, oh, by the way, glycerol butyrate, which is what Revicti is, it's a cool drug. It's super expensive. But turns out there's these other butyrates. They might work too. And I can tell you already, there's a couple of parents um, who saw that and were like, oh, I can buy butyrate on Amazon. 
because it's a very good stuff. We should all be taking butyrate, basically. It helps with the gut brain stuff, makes your gut work better. Everyone's gut screwed up because it's all the food we're eating is crap, but it's a separate conversation. And I got one parent who's like, oh, they tried and they called me up. They're like, Mike, kid's happier. Oh, interesting. And then we've got NAL. Go watch the Clement Shaw video. Same answer. And these are, by the way, these are, I'm not making up drugs. I'm not talking about esoteric things as never been in humans before. Every drug I'm mentioning has been given to humans many, many times. That's the idea of repurposing. The idea of repurposing is instead of creating a new drug and going through all these trials with the FDA, let's take a drug that's already been through trials, that's sitting on the shelf, that's safe, that's been put in humans many, many times. Many, 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 many times. And let's just see what it does to SIGGAP, right? So in the case of Revicti, there's a whole story there. It's been told a thousand times. In the case of Butyrate, it's part of the Revicti story. NAL, which Dr. Chow talked about in his presentation at our meeting, is a drug that came up because, SR, because you, the donors, gave us money. We funded work in Dr. Chow's lab. And Dr. Chow said, okay, we threw this library of drugs, safe, effective, commonly used drugs, a little flies with Syngap. And this drug... Cured Syngap in flies. Flies are living little creatures. Maybe it will cure Syngap in humans. NAL, safe and effective drug. In some countries, you could just buy it on the buy it at the pharmacy for a headache or a migraine. How many of us have given Tylenol or ibuprofen to our kids? And then there's um, Pamela or nortriptyline, which Dr. Moxon talked about in his presentation at our conference. Do you guys see why you need to go to these conferences? Same answer. That drug's been given to kids for years, decades. It's been given to kids for so long that most doctors consider it outdated, and now they give kids SSRIs because nortriptyline is an antidepressant. But guess what? In a very large, very elaborate study at Rarebase, nortriptyline made Syngap go up. And then there's Ficampa, which is another repurposing story, which I'm going to get to. Actually, let me, let me interrupt myself there on Ficampa. So I'm going all over the place, but, but maybe just watch this twice, because this is important. Ficampa is an anti-epileptic drug. It's not normally given to our kids, because it's a really, really powerful drug. And, um, but we had a researcher who heard some parents talking about it, and they said, wow, we started this drug, and our kid got really, really sharp, really, really fast. Like cognition went up. They got smarter, just to be blunt, immediately. But then after a week, the behaviors got so bad, we stopped the drug, right? And the researcher heard this and said, huh, that's interesting. Why don't we just give the kids a low dose and keep them there? Good idea. Did this in mice, wrote a paper. A lot of us read the paper, got excited about it, tried, went to our doctors. Doctors wrote a prescription for Ficampa, which is an anti-epileptic drug. And, and one person had really great luck with that and um, really need to do a webinar. It's someone from the team who's watching. We've got to do a webinar with Dr. Kadam and, and, and the, the parent involved here. And, um, and we've had one parent had really good results because they started and stayed at really low dose. And it improved sleep and cognition. We've had a lot of other parents who went to their doctors and got a prescription for this drug, myself included. And they started... And in about a week, even though we were at really low dose, kids' behaviors became intolerable. 
kids' behaviors became intolerable. I mean, next level bad. And a lot of us have stopped Fight Camp. So, I'm not a big fan of Fight Camp. But that's a repurposing story. That's the story of a, here's a drug that we use in very severe epilepsy. Huh, what if we use it to treat these other symptoms of Syngap at a different dose? Because dose matters, guys. Dose matters. Our kids are so sensitive to drugs. Anyway, let's try low-dose Ficomp. And we tried it, and it helped one kid, and a lot of us stopped, and so I don't recommend Ficomp. But the thing is, we got to talk about this, because now that's out in the world. There's a paper on, when people try drugs and type drugs and Syngap into Google, they find this Ficomp paper. And so I was just talking to a, a parent in a, in a country, I'll call it a, a middle-income country, right? There's a handful of Syngapians there. Um, and this, this, this parent clearly has a... Um, a really good neurologist who's trying hard. And when I talk to parents, I always say, hey, what, um, what drugs are your kids on? I'm talking about a seven, eight-year-old kid here. And the, and the, and the parent is like, uh, Ficampa, Depakote, and Risperidone. And I'm like, oh. I'm like, what dose Ficampa? Couple, couple grams. Oh. Milligrams, whatever it doesn't matter. Pretty big dose. And I said, well, here's the deal. I'm not a doctor. I'm not giving medical advice. But, you know, anecdotally, a lot of our kids are on Depakote. That kind of makes sense. Ficomba, here's the story. Causes severe behaviors. Risperidone, very serious drug for managing behaviors down. But a very heavy drug. And, and kids, families often come off it eventually. I said, what I'm guessing is that the Depakote is helping. The Ficampa is probably causing a lot of behaviors. You're probably getting too much Ficampa because it was a low dose. I cannot say that enough. And because the, you're getting too much Ficampa and you're causing so many behaviors, you're getting Risperidone to knock the behaviors down. I said, if I were you, I would go back to your doctor and I would say, how about we wean the Ficampa? Let me see if we still need the Risperidone. And we save that for later. Because if your kid is seven or eight right now, guess what? When they're 10 years older, that's when you want Risperidone. Right? When puberty hits, that's when you break out Risperidone. This early in the game, I'm not sure. But talk to your doctor. But I'm just suggesting that you're treating a side effect with another drug. And you've now got three very powerful drugs in that kid. So that's, 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 a, that's a cautionary tale I'm repurposing, right? I... I and we've, we've got to figure out this Ficampa thing. Doctors are giving it to kids. And we've got to, you've got to understand, if they give you a tablet, it's too much. Ask for the liquid. You need a lower dose. Lecture complete. But let's get back to those other four drugs. Right? Revicti, Buterate, NAL, and Nortriptyline. I'm not telling you anything new here. These drugs are out there. People are putting them in kids as we speak. All of them. I was in call, you know, I'm in these calls with different leaders of different things talking about different projects all the time. And I was a scientist in that call and I, I started talking about repurposing because I'm really excited about it right now. And one of these, and I mentioned nortriptyline, and one of these doctors was like, I wasn't even a doctor, it was a researcher. He's like, you've got to be careful with nortriptyline. You know, one of the side effects is suicidal ideation. And I kind of, I kind of just like, I was like, 
okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. Absolutely. Guess what? How many other drugs are my kids on? Is my kid on that has suicidal ideation inside of it? At least one. How many drugs do we throw into our kids? Have you read all the side effects of all the drugs you put into your kids? Every single drug has crazy side effects. And that's what, that's what the scientists and the researchers and the clinicians do. That's how they were trained. That's, what, that's how they got through graduate school. By going into meetings, sounding really smart, and pointing out all the little details. So they showed you that they were smart enough to do this job. Great. But down here in real life, you're dealing with people who are raising a child. So when we say, hey, what about this drug that after a serious scientific experiment showed Syngap going up? Remember, our kids are sick because they don't have enough Syngap. Right? They have seizures, they have behaviors, they have sleep, they have reduced cognition, they have everything else because they don't have enough Syngap. So instead of treating seizures and cognition and behaviors by Compa, Risperidone, GI, Miralax, instead of sleep, melatonin, instead of treating all these things, why don't we just make Syngap go up? How many drugs that are sitting on a shelf right now do we know directly affect Syngap levels? do we know directly affects Syngap levels? I just gave you the list. And when we come to you and we say, hey, we know from a scientific experiment that this drug, which is safe, effective, available, affects Syngap levels, could we try it? You go to, well, did you know there's a side effect? Yeah, we know. There's a side effect to everything. And did you know there's a side effect? Translates to, remember, something could go wrong. Buckle up, people. When someone says to you, remember, something could go wrong, what you need to do, and try to do this politely, because if you come at them like I come at them, they get defensive. You just sit them down, look them in the face, say, I have been raising my child for however many years it's been. I haven't slept, my marriage is suffering, my other kids are suffering, I'm suffering, my bank account is suffering, insurance covers none of this, my child is suffering. And I, you know, I got up this morning to show up for this meeting and I did my best to look like a put together person, but I'm gonna tell you something right now, listen clearly, something is going wrong every day. Something is going wrong right now. My kid is chronically ill. They are miserable. We are suffering. And through the good work of SRF and dedicated scientist X, we have found drug Y that is safe, effective, and commonly available. And we are asking you to partner with us and try it. So don't throw your side effects at me. And then they say, well, I have to go to my, my, my university ethics board. They, then they throw ethics at you because what they're, they're nervous, right? They're afraid of something going wrong. They go, to, they go home to their own life at night. They don't have to put a Syngap to bed. They don't have to put a Syngap patient to bed tonight, right? So there's oh, go side effects. Oh, something is going on. Oh, good answer. Well, I got to go to my ethics board. I can't do anything until my ethics board says yes. That translates to give me a year, right? Request a meeting, write a memo, go to the... Okay, let's talk about ethics. You're a doctor. You're here to help people. 
I'm a parent. Is it ethical for me to be aware of a molecule that can help my kid and not advocate for trying it? Is that ethical? Fill in the blanks here, guys. Am I saying that we should all go and, you know, find these drugs and give them to our children? No, I'm not saying that at all. What I'm saying is we should take this information to our doctors and work with them and urge them to let us try these drugs in our kids. And, and it's, you're all going to call me and be like, well, Mike, why don't we set up a trial? We're doing it, guys. Nortriptyline is available in the U.S. I have a huge meeting scheduled in two weeks with a lot of doctors and scientists where I'm going to say SRF would like to work with you to run an observational trial on nortriptyline. And for NAL, which is available in a different country, that same meeting happened, I think, yesterday. Um, we are working on it. But I just want people to know that this repurposing thing is tricky and it's taking up a huge amount of time and energy over here. And so, as I've said to a lot of you, you know, if you want to get involved in the repurposing work, let us know because this is a huge communication exercise, right? When, when, we, when we launched these, these observational trials on nortriptyline and NAL, which I want to do, right? Um, we're going to be talking to doctors. We're going to be talking to families. We're going to be trying to capture data. We're going to be talking to companies involved. The complexity here is very high. But in addition to all of that work, right? There's a whole emotional journey you go through when you start talking to doctors about repurposing. And the, then these two points that I just made are important points for us as parents to bring out. Well, number one, when they say something could go wrong, you say, A, something could go right. And B, something is already going wrong, so let's do something about it. That's point one. Point two, is it ethical for me as a parent to sit by and try? And you know, this brings me to another really interesting story. I was talking to a, an African-American mom in our community, one of our leaders, and I said to her, we're talking about repurposing. That's all I talk about right now. And, and I said, look, I, you know, I know historically the African-American community is, is rightfully, based on some really unfortunate aspects of American history, you know, nervous about medical establishment, and, and the idea of repurposing might be like, whoa, not going to experiment on my kid. I said, tell me about that. Like, do you, when I say repurposing to you, how do you feel? Because I don't understand what it's like to be African-American these days, much less of this in Gapian. So how should I approach this, commu this community? And I, I sat back, I was, I was ready, because this mom does not hold back, God bless her. And, and, sh and she was like, Mike, I've been experimenting on my kid since he was born. She's like, I, I had to give him seven drugs before we put a dent in the seizures. I've been experimenting on him since the beginning. We don't have a choice. I was like, that's a good answer. I like that answer. This mom, is, this mom gets it. There's a lot to think about here, guys. There's a lot to think about here. But I am telling you, we got to think about it. We have, we have spent a lot of donor money to work with some excellent scientists to identify these safe, commonly available, been used for decades, drugs. And, and now it's time to work with scientists and clinicians to try them in kids.
And if you're going to someone who's never done a repurposed drug before, their first response will be, whoa, something could go wrong. Sit them down, talk to them. But when you talk to some people, go watch the Grinspan video. You've been around for a while, and they're as sick of kids suffering as we are. They'll be like, hmm, let's think about how to do this. Ethically, responsibly, with an IRB, all these things. We're going to do all these things. But we have to turn over this rock. We have to look and see at what's going on. Okay, we keep going. I'm on fire this morning. I'm already at 28 minutes, my God. I want to um, do a thank you to Virginia, who's helping shape an EEG grant. We're trying to work with a bunch of different rare disease groups um, and, a, and, a, and a remarkable clinician to do an EEG study. And we're trying to do a collaborative grant, and that sounds good, but the real life is when you get five organizations to sign one piece of paper, it's a lot of work. And Virginia is doing tremendous work on that. So thank you, to the, Virginia, for that. I want to thank Encarnacion, or congratulate Encarnacion and the Syngap team in Europe, who just got a really good article in... Um, of pies, the English edition, links in the show notes. So that was awesome. And then here's Ed's list of things I got to tell you guys about, which is a great list. I should have started with this. Um, episode 26, we got Paulina Polanco on Syngap One Stories, which is awesome. Um, Paulina is a Syngap sibling, an exceptional Syngap sibling who's been very involved with SRF. Um, Cafe Syngap Uno, episode 11, we have Claudio Diaz. That just came out, Syngap One slash Syngap.fun slash Cafe. Sprint for Syngap, uh, April 27th. I should probably do a whole episode on this. We're up to nine teams signed up. Um, we had 28 teams in 2023. So guys, we need, we need more. We need 20 more teams. Get out there. This is the, this is the event. This is the annual event where we raise funds for Syngap. Um, Orlando family videos, family day videos are up. So we did all the science day videos. Now the family day videos are up on our YouTube channel. Please subscribe. If you, when you go to our YouTube channel and watch one of our videos, if you're watching this podcast on YouTube, click subscribe. Click subscribe. Check in and, and, and make sure you're following this and you see all this incredible content. Um, there's also, we also put Paulina's recap of the day. Has some of those videos embedded. There's a link in there. And, and then there's a link to my, my talk. Um, Stacy at CureSyngap1.org is organizing our 2024 conference. This is a huge deal. Ashley Fry did a great job of it last year. And this year, Stacy signed up. It's important to pass the baton, guys. We got it. We we're all parents. We all have these windows where we can really do a lot. And when people step up and say, hey, I can help this year, we're so grateful. And at the end of the year, when they say, oh my gosh, I need a break, we, we get it. We're, we're all there. There's also a great video on our channel of a Syngap One sibling talking about um, Syngap One. Check that out and read the, the story about her, her brother. Rochester already talked about. Um, Simon Searchlight posted something. If you're not signed up for that, that's cool. Um, Sydney and Sandy were just in South Africa, so that's a cool story. They're, they both have connections to Africa, and, and they, were, they said, hey, Mike, I'm going to be in Africa. I said, Great. And there's a rare disease conference, and could we sponsor it? And it was, it, was, it was very reasonable to sponsor this conference. And I said, absolutely, because what I want is I want the Clinton. It was like, you know, I don't know, it wasn't much. And, and I said, absolutely, especially if you're already going to be there. And we don't have to fly you there because, you know, there's a lot of kids in Africa. Some of them have Syngap 1. Zero of them have been found yet. We found one kid with Syngap in Africa, and it was Sydney's kid when she was working there. But we haven't found any Africans. And why not? Well, in part because it's really hard to get genetic testing there, but in part because the clinicians aren't looking. And when we show up at a conference and we have Sydney and Sandy there, we get a lot of attention on Syngap 1, and that, that's what we pulled off, so good job. I should have led with this. We're still looking for state reps and state advocates. And there's a form to fill out. 
I want to put this at the top of the next episode. So here's the thing, guys. We're now 400 patients in the U.S. We have, we have patients in almost every state. And, and it's getting really tricky for us, like me and Lauren, to sit around and be like, okay, who's in that area? Or who's on that border? Or who's near this, whatever it is, whatever problem we're solving. And, and then, we, so what we want is we want a patient for each state who knows about every patient in that state and who we can really call and say, okay, we, who can we find in Colorado? Well, that would be Lauren. But who can we find in, pick a state, your state, that knows all the patients in that state and is aware of what's going on and can help us organize X. That's one, that's one problem. And the other problem is advocacy, right? Every state has different laws about how they're going to serve or not patients with, with, with disabilities in Singap One. And, and, and we have an incredible asset in the Singap Research Fund leadership team in Jackie Cancier, who is already a national policy expert and a, and a, and a recognized advocate. And she is our head of advocacy. And, and if you're a parent in your state and, and you're really like, why does, let me pick on Texas, why does Texas have a wait list that is so long for services, right? Or California, like how do I navigate the regional center or, or New Jersey, right? My kid just turned 18. Do I stay here? Or do I leave? We just had a family do this. Um, if you want to become the advocacy expert for your state, fill out this form and work with Jackie because she, she is a master and, and working with her would be a real privilege um, and opportunity to help your child and others, right? So... So the state rep thing we are actively recruiting for, please sign up. I'm going to skip the recent past. I already talked about Rare Disease Day. Let me finish with fundraising. MDBR, Million Dollar Bike Ride, is um, June 8th. The second annual golf tournament in Canada is also June 8th. Um, the third annual scramble is October 5th. The fourth annual gala is October 18th. That'll be in Jersey. The scramble will be in South Carolina, North Carolina, one of the Carolinas. And the third Singap One conference hosted by SRF will be in LA right at the beginning of December. Pre-register so you don't miss anything. <clears throat> this has been the longest Singap 10 ever, but it is what it is. I got to go catch a plane. Um, this podcast, a lot of work and we want you to enjoy it and we want other families to see it. Please make sure you give it a five-star review wherever you listen to podcasts. Same thing for Cafe, same thing for Singap Stories. We have a Singap, we have an SRF channel. On Apple Podcasts, if you go to Apple Podcasts, type SingF1, I'll show all three of them. Take a minute and give me and Ashley Fry for SingF Stories and Merlina for Cafe SingF Uno. Give us all a five-star review. Take a minute to say something nice, hit publish, so that other parents who are out there who just got diagnosed who are like, what's going on? Read those reviews and say, well, I need to listen to this stuff. Because the point of this podcast, all these podcasts, is to, is to make sure that we're all on the same page and to get everybody up to speed simultaneous-like, right? And it's a very powerful tool for doing that. But, the, but your ratings really matter, right? You, when we ask you to click on things, it helps. it helps. It sends a signal to other parents and other families, hey, this is, this is, this is worthwhile. So please do that. Thank you. And welcome to the first long Syngap 10 really long. There's been a few long ones, but this one's really long in a long time. <laughs>